بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته uh, Welcome to our first class uh, from Misk Women, the Muslim Institute for Sacred Knowledge uh, entitled Women on the Straight Path Reflections from the Islamic Scholarly and Spiritual Tradition So my name is Um Abdullah uh, Assalamu alaikum and uh, welcome. Um, for some people this is their first time uh, in one of our classes and for others you might have either listened to a podcast or uh, attended uh, one of the courses that we've done or some of the other classes on Zoom as well. So ahanam wa to everybody. A very warm welcome to you all and um, I'm really pleased to be able to present this inshallah I hope um, as regularly as possible on a Sunday um, and we, you know we've said that uh, your attendance inshallah um, as you like and whatever is suitable uh, why because it's not a, an, a, a sequential uh, series of classes where where there is a certain topic that needs to be explained from beginning to end uh, but rather inshallah we're going to be taking from uh, different sources and from uh, different times in history different personalities different fields of knowledge and inshallah hopefully through that we'll get a broad spectrum um, of women in history, um, Muslim women in history and also in the present day and inshallah that will give us a very broad and also a strong understanding of what it means to be a woman on the straight path and inshallah and good and sound examples uh, for us to try and follow and emulate to the best of our abilities inshallah. Uh, so today's class we're going to be looking at introduction and objectives because we are looking at a really really huge field here also uh, grounding our ideas in the tradition inshallah we'll be looking at some core questions and trying to answer those and also the concepts associated with those questions and then ending inshallah with how so after all of that how do we actually become women on the straight path um, what is the the most fundamental factor or concept that we need to bear in mind so what's the secret what's the sir um, of all of this and is there a sir and what can we do about trying to attain that and implement that inshallah so that our attendance here or that our attendance in other classes and things like that isn't just merely for a way to spend some time or to just feel good about something but to actually take something with us and we hope inshallah to put that into practice inshallah class etiquettes just in general of course everybody would know these uh, women only please um, please uh, respect that as much as possible in whatever way you can uh, through headphones or uh, whatever you need to do no recording or screenshots and if you have any questions or comments uh, please leave them till the end and inshallah there will be time to address anything that you wish to raise inshallah we move uh, straight away into Imam Haddad's intentions for learning and teaching and inshallah um, this is something this is a dua that we should all try and learn and to remember and not just when we come to a gathering like this but also every time you uh, pick up a book at home a book of knowledge or uh, wherever you go inshallah and there's something to learn so in order to uh, give you focus and connect your heart and intentions to the material or the topics um, or the lecture or whatever it is that you're intending to engage with so that the way in which you engage with it actually becomes an act of worship for you so that's what these du'as do is they connect you and put you in that mode of obudiyah of servanthood of knowing your neediness and knowing that you need to learn and inshallah it's through that and for your sake doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah inshallah your intention inshallah you will be granted more than what you want because Allah is al-jawad Allah is the one who gives unconditionally and however he wants and all you have to do is turn to him inshallah and you will most certainly be given far more than you could ever imagine so the great Imam Haddad alhamdulillah has encapsulated all that we need to know for learning and teaching in this short dua and from uh, what I've just said and also the barakah of connecting to him then we read this inshallah bismillahir rahmanir rahim 
نويت التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحث على تمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وكربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful, I intend to learn and teach, to remember and remind, to benefit myself and to benefit others, to derive usefulness and extend it to others, to encourage adherence to the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger وسلم, to call to guidance and direct towards good, seeking thereby the countenance, pleasure, proximity and reward of Allah, the absolutely transcendent and most exalted. Amen. With regards to uh, myself and what I'm uh, pr uh, presenting here, um, just a very short little bit of information as it is important that people know um, a bit about the person that they are taking something from. Um, so inshallah, um, just very briefly, uh, my name is Um Abdullah, my pre-Muslim name is Mia, my post-Muslim name is Fatima and I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I converted to Islam 22 years ago, alhamdulillah. I travelled to Syria in 2001 and finished the three-year preparatory program at the Abu Nur Institute in Damascus. And I have been studying Arabic and Islamic sciences um, fairly consistently, although I had quite a large break there for several years, um, in Jordan, in Tarim, in Yemen, in uh, Saudi, and also in the UAE. So currently I'm presenting classes, courses and podcasts for Miss Women um, on textual and contextual competence and I also translate for uh, the women scholars of our tradition on some of these uh, global um, gatherings and platforms and I also have two published translations, alhamdulillah. And with regards to secular knowledge, I also have a Bachelor of Arts in Anthropology and a Master of Education in Educational Leadership. Uh, both of which are from Monash University in Melbourne. Okay, so introduction and objectives of women on the straight path. So we need some background information in order to turn our study or our exploration of great Muslim women in the past and those in the present as well. We need to really understand uh, what we're doing when we start to engage in this process of studying and understanding and to get clarity about what we're doing and why. And what that really comes down to is understanding what worldview we are basing our projections on. So when we are where we are in history now, in this present time, and we look back, what we're actually doing is from our positioning here, um, projecting our current understanding on the things that have happened in the past. And there are various ways that we can do that. And the ways in which that's done are based on the worldview or the type of cosmological understanding that the person has. So, for example, a person who's looking back at um, stories and legacies and histories and things like that um, might come from a religious point of view. They could be, for example, from a um, Christian point of view, from a Jewish point of view. Um, they might come from a, a liberation theology point of view, which is another one. Uh, they might come from a feminist perspective, a Marxist feminist perspective. They might come from a conservative point of view where they want to look more at, uh, for example, political history, okay, from a particular aspect. So there are many, many ways and many positionings that a person could be in in order to understand where they're, where, how they got to where they are now and how did that all happen and fall into place. So what we're doing here is trying to understand, okay, where are we coming from? So we're Muslim women, alhamdulillah, and we want to look back at our history of women in our tradition. So how are we going to do that? Um, which of these points of view are we going to take for ourselves and use as a lens or as a filter or as a way of understanding things in the past? And uh, this is really a very, very important point 
I think that shouldn't be overlooked because if we're not clear about the perspective that we're coming from, then we're going to end up with perspectives, reflections and understandings that might not actually reflect or be a representation of those stories and of the past. And it might be more of a modern projection of ourselves and how we think things should be understood from our positioning in the present. So we'll have a look at some of the introductions and objectives and we need to bear in mind um, that what I've just said about how how do we get this um, introduction, how do we get these objectives. So first of all there are many great women who've trodden this path before us and it's really important that we understand that that doesn't exclude us. So just because we live in a really trying time at the moment, people have always lived in trying times. And this is the reality of the junior, the world that we live in. There's never really a moment where people have lived in complete peace and harmony because that's not the nature of this world that we inhabit. Complete peace and harmony and tranquility and bliss and joy, that all comes in the next life. But this is the world where Allah has said, So he's created us to test and to see which of us is the best of deeds. And so that is all got to do with how do we respond to the context in which we're in. So the thing is that we've seen many great people come before us and we have everything in our means uh, to be able to be like that ourselves. We can be great people too. There's absolutely nothing stopping us from uh, being the best human beings uh, and the best Muslim women that we can be. So that's a really important thing that we need to understand. Just because our time is hard, it, it doesn't actually mean anything. And in fact, that should be something that encourages us to be better and to do better. So what are we, inshallah, hoping to achieve from studying women on the straight path is to know and understand deeply okay to have a really really profound understanding of what it means to be a human being what it means to be a muslim and to know what our perspective on the world is and how that informs the things that we do and the people that we are and then once we're properly grounded in that we're able to construct our actions our understanding our speech we're able to actively and proactively be the type of people that Allah has intended us to be and made us to be and at the same time be able to critique consciously so we're able to look at the world and understand what the nature of this world is how it is how it works what is and what is not compatible with our Islamic worldview and with our forward march if you like on the straight path towards our ultimate goal who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so inshallah that would really be sort of our main objective to understand deeply to construct and critique consciously also we uh, inshallah aim to explore and analyze the lives the legacies concepts and contexts and meanings of women in our tradition um, hopefully in quite a deep way and to help us learn, comprehend and formulate and act on our understanding of the world and our purpose and roles in it. Okay, In the same way those women before us who we take as role models and hope to emulate, in the same way that they understood their purpose and their roles and how they acted on all of that in their own time. Uh, we also uh, aim to draw relevant lessons that can be applied in the lives of Muslim women in the contemporary world and inshallah be able to impart those to others around us, particularly the next generation, uh, to inspire contemporary Muslim women to pursue beneficial knowledge, to nurture love and cultivate the yearning to emulate our scholarly and spiritual mothers who have preceded us on the straight path and in whose footsteps we sincerely seek to place in whose footsteps we sincerely seek to place our own. So these are just some general ideas, inshallah, to help direct and guide us. And the resources, inshallah, that will be used. Over the years, I've managed to collect uh, quite a number of um, interesting books on a range of topics. Um, of course, there's a lot of biography and seerah, a lot of hadith, um, fiqh, um, and also scholarly and literary productions and achievements that involve uh, female scholars and also ways of understanding female scholars. They also include detailed ways of considering their noble attributes, spiritual devotion and inshallah I also have a lot of material 
on modern Islamic and secular paradigms and approaches, which is where we come from in the modern world, but we don't have to be restricted to that. In fact, we want to step out of these secular paradigms and approaches that we feel bound to be in because of the time that we live in, and instead um, adorn ourselves with a proper, properly grounded Islamic point of view so that we can really understand what's in these resources. And so understanding our context and understanding the texts. So how do we begin? I mean, where we talk about, okay, we've got a worldview, we need to try and uh, adopt this Islamic worldview and step out of our secular paradigms and really start to, to think intellectually and understand deeply and profoundly with our heart and to try and see and experience this world in, in a way that really comes deeply from our tradition rather than just seeing it in a superficial or material terms that the, the current uh, secular atheistic world would have us understand what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a human and what we're actually doing here, just the accumulation of wealth, uh, money, you know, things that will give us some type of temporary status in the eyes of others like brand names, um, certain fashion looks and things like that. So how do we bypass that whilst being here and at the same time really understand the greater meanings that we can and do have the potential to understand and actually live and act on because that is exactly what women on the straight path did, those who have preceded us or currently do, the ones that we know of and alhamdulillah have had the blessing of being in their company. So the very first point that we need to understand is that this concept of the metaphysical in Islam. So the physical is the material and the metaphysical is beyond the material. So it's something that we don't necessarily see. It's something that isn't uh, always tangible to us in the way that you know we think it, it could be, but rather it's beyond the physical and material world. And so we know that, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond the material and physical world because he created this material and physical world that we live in. So when we understand this notion of um, metaphysics as being beyond, then that's where we're able to locate this concept of God. And this very key verse in the Quran which says, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ has very, very important aspects in here. And the first is it says fa'lam, which means no. Okay, and that's a fi'l amr. Okay, that's an imperative verb. So it's actually a commandment or it's an order. Know that there is no God except Allah. Okay, so straight away that forces us to stop and think, oh, but what does that mean? If I need to know Allah, how am I going to do that? And what does it mean to know Allah? And the very, very first point about you knowing who Allah is, is also knowing that there is Allah and there is you, and that you are a created being who is dependent on him. And we will come to that uh, in the next uh, couple of slides as well. Um, but basically, when we talk about this concept of the metaphysical, we know that there is Allah, and we know that there is Al-Alamin, which is the world or everything that he has created, and that we are a part of that created world. So our deep understanding of that is to know that how things are created, okay, what purpose are they created for, and how do they relate to each other. Okay, and that's really important because as women, we're often in social situations, um, usually by choice, and often because we might be forced to due to um, cultural or um, sort of religious practice and societal practice and things like that, our family and social situations demand it. But the thing is that we are constantly relating to other created beings. And when we understand that our relating to, con to, to other created beings is actually an expression of our relating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we've understood something very profound. And if we're able to base ourselves and how we act in the world and how we be in the world on that very concept, then we will have um, immediately gone up several steps in, the, in our understanding, in our way of being, and hopefully putting ourselves very firmly on the straight path because 
the straight path is all about your interaction, your worship, and how you are and be in the world. Okay, so this is a really important point. And often people can get a bit confused, get a bit overwhelmed with the things that they think they need to do in terms of uh, worship and um, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to balance my work and my uh, worship? And how am I going to fit this in and fit that in? And these are all questions that are really important. But when we can bring that right back to its bare bones, which is, okay, here I am a created being. How have I been created? What am I created for? And how do I relate to other created beings too and then start to work things through from there so this is actually really foundational uh, when it comes also to grounding ourselves and grounding ourselves on the straight path there are many many uh, texts and ayahs and hadith and things that we can look at to see okay what what are our foundations and uh, over the course of uh, inshallah we'll look at um, several of those but this is really um, the most fundamental one the hadith jibril uh, which probably everybody would know um, where in it islam iman faith ihsan excellence and the signs of the hour have been explained we'll just read it very quickly so it was narrated on the authority of omar may allah be pleased with him who said while we were one day sitting with the messenger of allah sallam, there appeared before us a man dressed in extremely white clothes with very black hair okay and no traces of journeying were visible on him remember of course they're in the desert and he didn't look like he'd come from the desert he just came from nowhere they didn't know and he was not known to any of them and he sat close to the prophet and rested his knees against his thighs as i was sitting on the ground and he said oh muhammad inform me about islam and the Prophet ﷺ said, Islam is that you should testify that there is no deity, there's no God except Allah, and that Muhammad is his messenger, the Shahada, that you should perform Salah, pay the Zakah, fast Ramadan, and perform the Hajj if you're able to do so. And the man said, you have spoken the truth. And of course, the people around the Sahaba were astonished because um, he'd asked a question and then confirmed that it was true which is usually not the way it's done because a person who asks a question doesn't know. Then he said, inform me about Iman, about faith. So he mentioned the six pillars that you believe in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, the last day, and in Qadr, so preordained destiny, both in its good and in its evil aspects. And again, he said, you've spoken the truth. Then he said, inform me about Ihsan. Ihsan meaning excellence, he said, is that you should worship Allah as though you see him for though you cannot see him know that he sees you so now this is about our inner states okay and about our taqwa and understanding that Allah is seeing us and that therefore we have a responsibility to respond to him in the best of ways and that that brings out the excellence in our character and in our personal attributes and qualities and if there are aspects of ourselves that are not good and not excellent then it is our obligation uh, to purify ourselves of that and to improve ourselves and that this is what we do in life we constantly seek to improve ourselves um, under this concept of ihsan and then he said inform me about the hour so the day of judgment and the prophet said the one questioned knows no more than the questioner so the man said well inform me about its signs and he said they are that the slave girl will give birth to her mistress and that you will see the barefoot naked meaning poorly dressed destitute herdsmen of sheep competing with each other in raising lofty buildings then the man left and this is Sayyidina Umar narrating he says he waited a while which was a couple of days and he asked the messenger of Allah uh, sorry, then the, the Prophet asked Umar and said, Oh Umar, do you know who that questioner was? And he replied, Allah and his messenger know best. And he said, that was Jibreel, the angel Jibreel. He came to teach you your religion. So this is our four aspects of our deen. And the, point that I, the points I want to raise here are about performing the salah, the prayer, the five times a day ritual prayer, because it's in that that we have the straight path, the siratul mustaqim. So that's very important, okay? And that's the pillar of our life. That's the only 
um, the only action that we perform as Muslims that is something that never ever stops until our very last breath. It might be we can't pay zakah because we don't fit the requirements, we don't have enough money, or perhaps we were sick during Ramadan, we couldn't fast, but we make it up later, and it might be that we don't get to go to perform the Hajj, but prayer is something that we never ever leave or stop. So the straight path comes from that consistency and that continual understanding of needing to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So amongst many other things as well, but that's very much a part of it. And then at the, the lower part there of the slide, the Prophet mentions two things specifically about the end of times and the signs of the end of times. And he says that the slave girl will give birth to her mistress, which is usually interpreted by the scholars to mean that there will be a massive change in family relationships and in societal and uh, cultural structures. Okay, so that everything in society will be turned upside down. And the second part usually refers to political and economic changes. Um, and we can see a lot of these things have manifested already. And what I find particularly interesting about the slave girl giving birth to her mistress is that it shows that there and it's two it's two women okay it's females that are mentioned here and it shows and indicates that there will be a huge shift and inversion of the relationships and uh, between women okay and the roles of women and how it is that women are in the world so the, how women be in the world, how women interact in the world, and the status of women in the world. And there are different narrations of this hadith, and some use the male and some use the female. And this particular one in Sahih Muslim uses a female. And so I just want to show that already the difficulties and the challenges and the types of ideas that we are being fed on a daily basis through the media through our school curricula, um, through the things that we're exposed to about women, about feminism, about changing um, the role of women, that this has indeed already been mentioned 1400 years ago by the Prophet So that should actually give us some hope and help us understand that we're not in this alone and it's not that this hasn't been known about but this should actually connect us and make our faith even stronger knowing that this has been mentioned and knowing that there is actually a way out for us okay so let's look at a couple of core concepts and questions uh, with regards to our topic of the straight path so we're going to answer these inshallah uh, one by one. So what is the straight path? Why is it important that we seek to become women on the straight path in our time? Who are women on the straight path and what are their characteristics? What do we need to do to become women on the straight path? And how do we become women on the straight path? Okay, so what I want to do before we answer them is look at where do those questions come from? because we've just outlined some metaphysical concepts and we've outlined really the whole structure of our religion in that Hadith Jibreel. So obviously, if we're going to ground our understanding of the straight path and women in the straight path in that tradition, in that particular worldview and those paradigms of understanding and knowing and being, then the questions that we ask are going to be born from that. So I just want to like juxtapose that and show you what that means in terms of if we came from a feminist point of view, like a, a non-religious, secular Marxist feminist point of view, we would not be asking these questions. Okay, they, they wouldn't be questions that concern us because we wouldn't have a concept of a straight path, a metaphor like that. Uh, we wouldn't have this concept of a deen, of a religion, which has um, principles and guiding um, values and practices and rituals and meanings in it. That just doesn't exist for us if we come from a feminist point of view. But if we were to do like a feminist type of history, then we would um, probably ask questions such as, uh, what is female oppression? Okay, uh, why are women oppressed? Uh, who oppresses women? Okay, because we'd be looking at it immediately from 
Um, women are in an inferior position structurally and we need to understand what that is, okay? And um, we need to know um, how to overcome the male oppression of women. And we would ask that, you know, what do we need to know to overcome uh, male oppression of women? And how do we rise up against the patriarchy and structural oppression and liberate women? So you can see uh, clearly from that, that if we're coming from a sincere religious point of view, then we're going to ask questions that are grounded in our tradition or that have roots in our tradition that will help us understand our history through our tradition. Whereas if we don't have that, then we're going to actually come from another tradition, okay? Another intellectual tradition, which in this case would be Marxist feminism, okay? And the types of questions that we would formulate and seek to understand being grounded and based in that way of understanding the world would perhaps look like those things that I've just mentioned. And what we'd be looking at is not the straight path, but we'd be looking at uh, the oppression of women by men um, and patriarchy, misogyny, and how we're going to uh, rise up and overthrow that and become liberated. So you can see through that, inshallah, how the worldview is really, really important. And if we really want to benefit from our study of women in the past, then we really need to understand that framework because that's the framework that they were in. Okay, they weren't in a feminist framework. They didn't do feminist things. They didn't ask feminist questions. Okay, they didn't ask the Prophet um, what does the Quran say about us women because they were feminists. Okay, they came at it from a point of view of wanting to know what does the Quran say about us so that we can know that and enact that and so that we can get this sa'ada, this felicity of understanding and knowing and being and worshipping in this dunya as well as in the akhirah. So the types of questions they asked him, and I have a whole book on the questions that Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha that she asked the Prophet والسلام, a whole book on her questions and you can see from that and inshallah it's one of the the texts that um, we'd like to share you can see from that that it's not about this notion of empowering women to overcome male oppression but it's about how do I become so empowered and imbued with this deen with this religion that I can actually succeed in every single thing that I do so first of all what is the straight path so obviously a metaphor that's named and defined to guide to the fulfillment of the ultimate human ontological and epistemological reality and purpose okay it's a metaphor and the Quran is full of metaphors um, and the straight path is the probably the most fundamental one because it's read 17 times a day or more in Surat al-Fatiha uh, when we pray um, and also it has got to do with this human ontological so about human existence and epistemological reality and purpose which is how you know um, what you know so it's about being and knowing knowledge and um, in this particular ayah we did not create the jinn or humankind except to worship me Okay, so create there meaning the ontological reality that you are created existent being, but that is contingent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creating you. And so what is the purpose of your creation of the jinn and of humankind? Um, it's none other than to worship Allah, which means actually to know Allah. So that's what the purpose of worship is. That's why we pray five times a day and fast Ramadan and do the things that we do because they are all ways of opening us up and connecting to the divine so that we know and experience um, through knowledge and practice and that we actually begin to um, develop that spiritual side of ourselves which knows infinitely, which talks to our ruh, our soul and our fitra about who our Lord is and that's what we're here to learn and know inshallah and act upon that in the way that our deen instructs and then the definition of the straight path guide us on the straight path surat al-fatiha ihdina surat al-mustaqim surat al-adhina an'amta alayhim the path of those you have blessed not the path of those who have earned your wrath nor gone astray so here we have two parts, um, and this is also a definition of the straight path um, in, included here because it's defined as the path of those you have blessed, 
And it's not the path of those who've earned your wrath and gone astray. Okay, so that tells you straight away what it is. So then it's like, well, who are those that you have blessed? Who are the blessed people? So just a couple of other concepts there as well. Here we have uh, binaries. Okay, so the, the top line there, and this is very important in Surah Al-Fatiha as we just saw, because Allah has shown us immediately there's a binary between the those on the straight path, the path those you have blessed, and those who are other than that. So there's two. Okay, you can either go that way or that way. So this a notion of binaries is very strong in our tradition. And if you look around, you'll see that it actually is a, a reality of the creation as well. Um, and uh, you'll find now with a lot of postmodern thought um, and the type of um, intellectual climate that we're in at the moment that um, there's a very big push to try and break down binaries. So people will now even call themselves non-binary uh, whatever that means to show that somehow they've overcome or transcended uh, some aspect of themselves and they that they don't need to be bound or restricted or tied to something which they see as sort of inherently oppressive or, or wrong so but uh, from a Muslim point of view we we don't accept that because Allah is Allah the Rabb and Al-Alameen he's the Lord of the worlds so this binary is there from the beginning, which is Allah, the creator, and the creation, and they are separate. We also have knowledge, okay, ilm, which has also got to do with iman. So when you know, you believe, and ignorance is a part of kufr, okay, or kufr is a part of ignorance. Uh, so we have faith and we have non-belief, okay, they're also binaries. And then importantly, we have a following and avoiding. So emulation, okay, and um, leaving something off, avoiding it, okay, not following something. So we ask Allah to put us on the straight path so that we can follow those who have been blessed. Then we also have um, like a pair of things. This is in the blue writing. So we have like a whole, okay, so we have a binary on the top, which is one thing or the other. Then the second set there in the blue is that there is a whole one, but it has two parts. So that's different from two separate things. And male and female, so we have one whole humanity, but there's two parts to it. There's a male part and a female part. So this is also a binary, but it comes from a different concept of wholeness. And then also we have hikmah, which is wisdom, okay? And wisdom is a complete uh, concept and it's made of two parts, which is knowledge and action. And that's actually, um, you could sum up our entire um, religion in knowledge and action. Um, that's, if you boil it right down to its essence, that's what it is. It's knowing and acting on that knowledge. And then here, the last one is, is uh, I in the Quran, is the one who knows the same as the one who doesn't know. And so what that shows us too is that there's a hierarchy because the people who know are on a different level from people who don't know. Okay, so it is a binary. Um, you could say it's sort of a horizontal binary, but it's also a vertical type of um, hierarchy or distinction between people. And there's levels of knowing okay uh, here as well so we can see that there are many concepts in this straight path metaphor and when we talk about the women of the straight path then you can see how each of these aspects has been fully fulfilled in them so they know their creation and that their uh, existence is contingent they have knowledge and they seek that knowledge and they try to not be ignorant about things and as soon as they realize they're ignorant they try and overcome that and not be ignorant and their path is about following emulating those who have been blessed and we'll talk about their characteristics in a moment um, they very much understand what it means to be female and what it means to be male and they really really manifest um, their feminine um, qualities and aspects and their, their feminine and female being okay and they don't try and be like men okay even though you say oh well there was plenty of women out there on the battlefield and women have always worked but fighting and being in paid employment are not exclusively male occupations anyway you know women are always doing work I mean the world would fall apart if women didn't work 
And by work, it doesn't have to be restricted to this concept of paid employment outside of the home um, by a foreign body or organisation with its particular style of rules and structures and organisation and whatever that pays you a wage that you pay taxes on, etc., etc. Um, that's, that's just a modern definition of work. So women have always known what it is that makes them women and have always sought to um, to, to, to use that and, and to be that and, and not try and be something that they're not. So there's a real genuine genuineness there about being female. And of course, women on the straight path, the wisest of people, um, incredible wisdom. And you would know that yourself from your own grandmothers and mothers and people who are older than you and how wise the older generation is compared to the younger generation. And then, of course, there, there is a hierarchy. Those are the ones who have um, reached a, a higher level in terms of all those other things manifesting and those who haven't. So people who are old and not wise. I mean, there's lots of old people, particularly in Western culture, who are not wise um, at all, you know. And uh, then there are those who are. So we can see that women on the straight path have all these aspects and elements of themselves of these in themselves and these are all derived from Surat al-Fatiha. So why is it important that we seek to become women on the straight path? Um, really the most important point is this first one which is to have the correct orientation and alignment to our ultimate destiny which is meeting Allah and going on to the next life because that's where we're going. Allah has created us, he's created us to know him and we're also created to meet him and we get tested and tried on the way and inshallah our job is to try and understand those things in a deep and profound way and to act with sincerity according to this um, this uh, structure, this deen of Islam that he has given us as a gift to be able to use that to navigate our way through this worldly life so that we go back to him inshallah in the best possible state. Um, with the best deeds and inshallah his mercy will prevail and we will be in everlasting bliss. Alhamdulillah and to be Muslim, to have Iman, um, to even call yourself Muslim is the greatest honour that could ever, ever, ever be bestowed on a human being. And even though sometimes we look out there and we look at the state of the Muslims and we feel despair and we're like, oh no, what's going on? And the Muslims are doing this and the Muslims are doing that. But to even be a Muslim and to have this opportunity is the biggest blessing. And if we thank Allah for that and recognize uh, what that actually means is that we have been gifted this incredible opportunity, this incredible body of knowledge. We've been gifted faith. We've been gifted a prophet, والسلام, who's taught us. And on top of all that, we've been gifted this thousands and thousands and thousands of female role models to be able to draw experiences from that we can follow and try and adapt and try and be like them, then I, honestly, I can't think of anything that's better than that. I mean, what is there that's better for that than that as human beings? But there isn't anything. And we can see the material world crumbling before our eyes. I mean, we can see it like literally um, environmentally, we can see our societies, we can see everything. And the one thing that will hold us firm and keep us strong is our faith, is our deen. And inshallah, our understanding that our ultimate destiny is to meet Allah and he will look at us and inshallah in his mercy he will forgive us from our shortcomings and the things that weren't so great but because we believed in him because we tried our best inshallah then his uh, his mercy will prevail and, and it will everyone who says la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah goes to jannah and we have to believe that and act on that so who are the women on the straight path and what are their characteristics so this again takes us back to surat al-fatiha where we asked um Ask Allah to guide us on the straight path, the path of those whom you have blessed. Okay, not the path of those upon whom is your wrath and nor those who have gone astray. So this second ayah is actually um, considered, this is in Surah Tunisa um, 69, this is considered the tafsir, the explanation for that, um, that part in Surah Al-Fatiha, Alladheena an'amta alayhim. Okay, so this tells you who are those people who have been blessed. And the eye says, وَمَيْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولَ 
فَأُولَئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَئِكَ رَفِيقًا So Allah says whoever obeys Allah and his messenger they are with those whom Allah has blessed and then four groups are mentioned they are with and amongst the prophets and nabiyyin and the sincere as siddiqin the martyrs as shuhada and the upright as salihin and they are the best of companions so when it is that you obey Allah the mufassirun those who explain the Quran they say you fulfill your wajib so you just fulfill what you've been commanded to do inshallah and you will be with those people and um it's said that the reason why this particular ayah was revealed is because um there was a Sayyidina Thawban uh, who was the mola who was like the one like the a, a client um attached to the tribe of the prophet alayhisallam and that he had extreme love for him um for the prophet and one day um the prophet alayhisallam saw him and he saw that he looked particularly grief stricken and he asked him and he said thoban what's wrong and he said that he was just thinking because when he's not in the company of the prophet alayhisallam then he can't he can't take it like he can't handle not to be with him like it, it upsets him a lot and he has to he misses him and yearns for him so much that he just can't wait to get back in his company and he said the problem is that when you die he said you're going to go to the highest place in paradise because you you are who you are and he said and what about me he said i i'm not going to where you're going because i'm not a prophet i'm just a simple person and if allah puts me in in paradise how will i see you because i'll be in a lower level he said how will i see you how will i visit you um and then this this verse was revealed and so this is the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's like you're not going to be one of those four groups of people but you're going to be with them okay and most of the commentators say that um obviously the prophets are the prophets and the sincere they mentioned being particularly sayyidna abu bakr as-siddiq he was known for that and they say that what that means is people who actually um where there is a muwafaqa there's a um an agreement between what they say and what they actually do so what they think and what comes um what uh, sort of comes from their limbs is actually a sincere reflection of what is in their hearts and the more uh, pure that is and the more truthful that is and the more sincere they are and the opposite of that is the munafiqin the hypocrites who have a particular they say something on the inside and so they they say they'll do something but inside it's is different okay so they look like they're pious and they talk about being pious but in actual fact they're plotting and scheming ways to try and destroy the muslims in islam for example and in the martyrs they mention particularly as being sayyidna umar sayyidna uthman and sayyidna ali um who were all martyred and the upright they say as being the sahaba all the sahaba because they were all from the salihin but then there are other commentators who say that actually um the sincere could be anyone from the umma of sayyidna muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam and the martyrs could be any of those who have died um in a state of martyrdom and the upright could be any muslim so it's not only that people on the straight path if they obey allah and his messenger are going to be with them but the opportunity is there to actually be from them as well um and this is what women on the straight path knew and this is what women on the straight path do is they seek these ranks and they seek these states and so it's for us to look at that how did they do that and for us to seek that for ourselves as well so what are the inner states of the obedient okay those who are with the blessed and this is just a few and you're probably familiar with these but uh, just to mention them again because this is really what our goals are so if we had a list of things that we would want to achieve in our lifetime it wouldn't be uh you know bungee jumping of some cliff in vietnam or it wouldn't be 
um, you know, going and eating ice cream on the banks of the Seine in, in Paris, it would be seeking to really, really fulfill in myself Istislam, submission, because that's what Islam is. It's Istislam, it's submission to the will of Allah. It would be seeking to really become uh, those who have shukr, um, gratitude. And we've just come out of Ramadan, alhamdulillah, and the one thing that Ramadan teaches us is shukr. And Allah makes it so easy for you um, to reach that state and to, to, to fulfill that commandment and to just be grateful for that, for that opportunity to fulfill that commandment. That's it. That's one of the levels of shukr. And then to fulfill it is shukr of the limbs because now you're fulfilling what you've been commanded to do. Then sabr, um, patience with all things that afflict us. And even having patience with worship. Um, worship's not an affliction by any means it's a complete opposite but we have to have patience we have to organize our time we have to think how am I going to get my duhr and my asr in where am I going to be um, where are my clothes where am I going to take wudu all these things so we need to have patience with acts of worship and then to fulfill them in the best way that we can rida contentment with Allah's decree hikmah okay seeking to be wise like if we don't seek to be wise women, then what on earth are we going to give to the next generation? Because if we haven't learned from our experiences, if we haven't developed insight and intelligence and real proper critical thinking, okay, critical thinking which is born from our tradition and our worldview, then how on earth are we going to guide these young men and women under our care um, in, throughout their lives? So it's really, really important that we seek to be wise people. Um, Jew, generosity, mahabba, love and compassion, rahma, mercy. So these are all, all the inner states that we should be seeking to adorn ourselves with by uh, trying to get rid of the opposite of those things, stinginess, um, not being grateful, being impatient, um, being upset about things and the way they happen in our lives, etc. And I was just thinking about that, like if we're going to... If we're going to a wedding or we're going out or whatever and we want to um, do makeup okay it's like you have to clean your skin first okay and this is the same as our hearts we have to clean our hearts of the opposite of all these qualities here so that we're able to adorn our hearts with these qualities so I think sometimes they say there's like at least 17 different um, cosmetic products that you would need to do a full face of makeup. I saw this somewhere once. But subhanAllah, 17 different things. So you have to cleanse your face. You have to purify it. You have to get dirt and, and uh, oil and city smog and I don't know what, all that that builds up on your face. You have to wipe that off, wash it off with soap or something. And only once it's cleaned and toned and moisturized, then can you start putting on your primer and your foundation and your powder and your highlight and uh, all the things that would go into creating what's considered to be a beautiful face okay if, if you go for that particular look and then of course you want to do your eyes so you need eyeshadow primer and you need eyeliner and you need mascara and you might need false eyelashes and glue you know even glue things on our face like some sort of kids collage and then you need to do your eyebrows, um, you know, you might need several products for that. And then your lips, lip liner, lipstick. And then you need a spray, like to spray it all into place and hold it there so that it doesn't sort of um, get all mushy or slippery, whatever, in the heat if you're in a humid place or um, get stuck on your, your clothes or you go to greet someone and then, you know, you leave lipstick all over them, you know, whatever. So... The thing is, is, it's like our hearts, okay? And women of the straight path, wise women, they know and they're constantly working on cleansing their hearts so that they can adorn it with each of these different qualities just as we would wash our faces and try and beautify ourselves with a number of different uh, cosmetic products. Okay, so what do we need to do to become these women on the straight path? We need to seek istiqamah. And there's a hadith where uh, a companion came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, um, Oh Nabi Allah, Messenger of Allah, he said, tell me something that only you can tell me. Okay, so something that no one else 
would be able to give him advice for and he said Kul amantu billahi thumma staqim he said say I believe in Allah and then be upright but istiqama isn't just a sense of righteousness it also has in it the meaning of moving directly towards a goal so your 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 straightness if you like because the istiqama siratul mustaqim the straight path your straightness is in your direct alignment and orientation to your goal okay and not going left and right and not falling off here and there um so this was the advice that was given so say i believe in allah qul amantu billah thumma staqim go go for it allah is your goal and be straight and be honest and real on that path so for us when we think about okay inshallah we've kind of established a world view and a sort of a metaphysical perspective and we've got our um our metaphor of the straight path and we've got um you know ways to understand how we're going to uh seek what those concepts are and questions we can ask ourselves when we're looking at examples of women on that straight path but what do what do we need okay above and beyond that what's our practice um and so here make sincere and firm intentions to want to be a woman on the straight path and think to yourself panala i don't know how long i've got left in this life none of us know um so i really really need to sort myself out and i really need to get real and get serious about this life that i'm on um this path that i'm on and this life that i've been given as a gift and to do the best that i can uh with my deen with my faith and to make that my number one priority and not um money and not wealth and not status and all that but put that on the side okay alhamdulillah if it's there alhamdulillah if it's not alhamdulillah and don't worry about those things i know we live in a time where economic pressure is extreme and we really really are slaves to that but whilst we have the opportunity to seek and fulfill this other side then that's really where our allegiance needs to be and we do the dunya things because we need to but we're not connected to that we're not attached to that okay so our intentions have to really want to be a woman on the straight path um we need to seek the requisite knowledge for that which is our fardain our obligatory personal knowledge act on that strive and struggle against the lower self um to purify the heart until it's under the control um of, of your heart and intellect those two words can be uh, sort of interchangeable so in arabic you have the aql and you have the fuad so fuad which means that the heart but it also means the intellect because heart is actually one of the locuses or the loci of knowledge and knowing so that's our intuition um that's our deep understanding perception and feeling of things is in the heart and our intellect is where we um are able to um make things intelligible to ourselves so the two go together and if they're under the control of the nafs and of the lower self then we're a walking disaster but if those two aspects are in control of the lower self then inshallah we've uh, attained a good portion of our humanity and we just need to perfect that inshallah so we need to seek the company of the righteous those living and those who've come before and inshallah that's what we're aiming to do um and to emulate them attend gatherings of remembrance praise knowledge so all these things you're most likely familiar with but as a means of now looking at them in this context that we've tried to establish here okay where do those things fit in and how do we use those things to help us achieve this goal of wanting to emulate and be like really wise and sincere and properly grounded uh women with faith and with integrity and dignity that we get and derive from our deen from islam and how do we live that to the best of our ability okay so that's now where these things come in um we need to uh, understand very very well the time that we live in and seek to avoid the harm that we are surrounded by so that's sort of a whole other topic on its own and of course to trust in Allah seek his pleasure alone emulate the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam and of course the women around him be good to our parents seek the halal avoid the haram give generously control our limbs especially the tongue particularly for women and of course to have the highest opinion of Allah and his servants 
And inshallah, if we do all that, then we will have attained a very good a good portion of istiqamah, um, of saying I believe in Allah and then heading directly with orientation, with alignment and straight on the straight path back to our maqsood, back to our ma'abood and back to who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and back to him because inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un because it is from Allah that we have come and it is to him that we return. So our final question, how do we become women on the straight path? Okay, so this is really where we go back now to our metaphysical concept. Okay, so we've looked at, you know, what are the qualities? Who are the women? What do I need? But how? Okay, like how does that actually happen for us? What is the, the, the glue that brings all these things together and, um, and enables that to all work in unison and, and make us uh, really, really fulfill all those things in the proper way that Allah has intended it to be for us as human beings. And that, um, that ingredient is adab, okay, inshallah. Um, and this is nasiha advice for myself. All of this is advice for myself and reminders to myself um, before anyone else. But the way that we really become women on the straight path is by having the correct adab. And that adab, that conduct, that um, interaction with people, that etiquette, is what goes back to our metaphysical concept of understanding um, how things have been created and how they relate to each other. Because if we're really imbued with proper adab and the proper way of understanding how we relate to all other created beings, um, then inshallah, that is what is going to make the difference between people who just do things and don't really know what they're doing and the people who truly and deeply understand the realities of the creation and what everything is doing here. And it's through that that they really witness, inshallah, um, this this notion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at us okay so this is our ihsan and that we are under his watchful gaze and that we are, are here and connected to him and we're conscious of him and we know what we're doing and why so this is really the most important aspect of the how okay how do we become women we have the proper adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we have the proper way of speaking about him, of worshipping him, of understanding who he is. And that doesn't happen overnight. That can happen over a very, very long time. But you need to learn who he is. And part of that is knowing who you're not. Okay, so you need to know that you are a completely dependent being and that he is your Lord and what that actually means for you so to understand him and then to relate to him and there's a very very short hadith made up of two words adinu mu'amala the deen is mu'amala which is um, the way that you conduct yourself and interact with other people and other created beings so your mu'amala the way you conduct yourself in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is adab because you know how to relate to him your adab with the Prophet is through emulating his sunnah, through learning about his life, trying to live the way that he did and trying to imbue yourself with his qualities and characteristics. And that of course for us as women means his daughter Sayyidah Fatima anha, and his wife Sayyidah Khadija whose tomb this is in this picture. And then of course your adab, the way in which you relate to creation. So if you start to shift your thinking about how in my deen do I learn? How do I understand what it means to have adab with these three levels? Then inshallah, that's what we hope to take from these women. And I don't think there is a greater example of that than Sayyida Khadija. Uh, may Allah be pleased with her. Uh, because she truly shows what it means to be a woman who had the best adab, the best conduct with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and that came uh, in the example in the Prophet ﷺ when he got the, the wahi in the cave and he came running down the mountain and he said, cover me, cover me. And she covered him and he was um, very, very afraid of what was going on. He didn't understand, but she knew. And so she said, don't worry, your Lord will not forsake you. And she mentioned the qualities that he had and she knew immediately and she took him to her cousin 
uh, Warak ibn Nawfal, who was a Christian scholar, and he told them that, oh, what you've seen is the Namus, is the angel who came to Musa, and he said, if I am here, and he said, your people will throw you out. He said, they'll throw me out, so the people of Mecca would reject him. And he said, yes, and he said that, um, you know, if he was here, then he would stand by him. And he died very shortly after that. So this is a woman who understood exactly what was going on. And then, of course, she sacrificed and she gave all her wealth, everything that she had in support of him. And she looked after the Muslims. So you can see in her and inshallah, our topic for next week is to go into her life more and to understand her adapt. So we'll look at her history, her sort of biographical details, inshallah. But what we really want to try and understand about her is her adab. How did she conduct herself with Allah? How did she conduct herself with the Prophet, who was her husband and father of her children? How did she conduct herself with the creation? So inshallah, she's really, really... um, one of if not the most important people in the history of women that we can really really take important lessons from inshallah okay so um that's the end of what i wanted to share with you today i thank you very much for your patience and for your attendance and for listening inshallah thank you very much and forgive me for being lengthy and inshallah i hope to see you all next week and remember to um contact us anytime on missquimen at gmail.com uh, instagram at missquimen uh, in the email i sent you the telegram group and also facebook missquimen halaka so inshallah jazakum Allah khair and we ask allah to bless us guide us protect us and to uh, make our hearts sincerely and purely um, guided and um, directed to him inshallah and to really really make us understand uh, what it means to be a woman on the straight path and to realize that Uh, for ourselves and for all our sisters, our Muslim sisters around the world, for our families, our daughters, our mothers, our nieces, our aunts, our cousins, everyone, inshallah. And through that as well, that we bring the men with us, inshallah. And uh, that's how we're also going to be women on the straight path, is being the best women we can be to our men folk. So that's another topic, but inshallah, we ask for that because that's really where a lot of our adab is located in those relationships and we ask Allah for the best um, that we could possibly achieve in this dunya before meeting him in the akhirah inshallah wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen subhanakallahum wa bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha ila and astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh